tired because uh last night at around midnight i suddenly became very excited about the fact yeah you did oh my god no i became very excited about the fact that it's possible to own a capybara as a pet um i pretty much watched capybara videos for like an hour that's not sexual at all no it's not (laughs) what the okay did you know this Um. I did. I here. have had a similar. Situ- I've had like a similar experience though, and I found out that you could domesticate poison dart frogs. Yeah. I, I've been constantly having discussions with Amanda about what sort of exotic pet uh, I want to own, and I, I've settled on capybara because it's 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 unique, but it's manageable. Uh, look they get up big though. Yeah, they're huge. They're like they get like like dog size. Yeah, they're like dog size and like over a hundred pounds, and. You have to have two of them because they get lonely otherwise. But just just do me a favor and just look up Capybara Pet. Just watch the little hear video. Clickety clacking. It's fine. Look up. Or click on the uh, the Animal Planet Pets One Hundred and One video of this Capybara. It's fucking awesome. Pets One Hundred and One Capybaras. It looks like a hamster fucked a horse. It does. That's what I said. It's like a weird rat horse. It's amazing. <sighs> you don't like them? Dude, they're it's adorable. Hooves. It's it feet make hooves. me look really uncomfortable. <laughs> they're cute, though. Dude, they're so cute. Oh, my God. They're pretty one. cute. Uh, I like this little one in the kiddie pool. Yeah, dude. They're adorable. If you're listening at home, please watch a video of a capybara as a pet. They're just amazing. They're web-toed. Yeah, so they can swim. Anyway. We can can continue, but that, that absorbed me for about an hour last night, and... It has not let go. I, there's a picture on my phone of a, a capybara with it's it's like in a pool and it has a paper bag on its head, kind of like wrapped <laughs> around its neck, and it's the fucking best thing I've ever seen. I want one so bad, Eric. That's uh, that's quite the exotic pet, though. I don't even know where you'd get one. I don't either. I'm willing to find out. I'm I'm very excited about this. I'm determined. One day I'm going to own two capybaras. What would you name them? Well, I was discussing this with Amanda also, and I was thinking that uh, I really want to name one of them Jonathan, just because I think it'd be funny for this little capybara to have just like a normal guy name. Like he's just a dude. Like, hey, what's up, Jonathan? How's it going? But I don't know what the other one would be called. Maybe like... 
Susan. That's another normal human name. It is, isn't it? Well, yeah. I don't know any girl dog names. What are girl dog names? I feel like they're just... Rosie. Rosie, okay. Um, Lily. Lily. Uh, Tulip. Daffodil. <laughs> sunflower. <laughs> flower names? All right. Maybe it could be... Uh, I don't know. I got nothing. I don't know either. It's a challenge for another day. For now, all I care about is getting one of those weird dog horse things in my backyard. That would be really cool. That'd be super cute. If I I could have one exotic animal as a pet, would you count the poison dart frog as being exotic? Yeah. Yeah. it It would be those for sure. Like, and it just seems like such a process too. Like, it'd be so, it'd be... Really, really annoying, but then it'd be extremely rewarding when you got there because you have to like develop a vivarium for like a vivarium for them. It's like halfway between aquarium and terrarium, and it's like its own ecosystem. Yeah. So you have to like mist it to make sure it's humid, and you have to like temperature regulate it so that like it has it's like it's it's like its own little mini biome because they have wow. to stay in a certain type of thing, and you like release the insects into it, and you don't actually feed them; they have to hunt for themselves. So when you get them for the first however many months that you have them as pets to domesticate them but still tr- like train them to get their own food, you like put them in Tupperware and put some random leaves in there and then just get a few insects and like spread them out so they have to look for them themselves and learn how to hunt their own food. <laughs> and then once they're good enough at that and have grown to a decent size, you can put them in the vivarium. It's It seems, it seems ex- extremely complicated, but it yeah. seems super cool. I think with a capybara, you just have to have, like, a water source that they can swim around in and lots of stuff for them to chew on or else they'll, like, fuck up your house. Yeah, just get them a few cats to feed. Um, um. <laughs> they're herbivores. But otherwise, they're, like, super chill, apparently. They're, like, real cool and nice. But just... Dude, just is, it, is it more, like, plant-based feeding or is it, like, fruits yeah. and stuff? or Like, plants and fruits. Uh, <gasps> the girl one can be named Peach. Peach and Jonathan, the capybaras. <laughs> Peach and Jonathan. It's Jonathan and Peach. It's pretty good. I like that. Um, but yeah, I, I like just just for a moment. Imagine you're walking your dog, and you look across the street, and you just see someone, and at the end of their leash, there's just a big old like rat horse. How would you feel about that? Because I would be amazed. I would be really confused. I'd be super confused. I, and like every I'd, time, I would I would want to ask them, like, what's the deal with this ugly, <laughs> ugly, ugly dog? Um, but it would be it would be one of those moments where the first thing I do is whip out my phone and fucking Snapchat it. I'll be like yeah. capybara at the park. Um, <laughs> I don't think real, it, that that'd be cool though. That'd I, be really I guess cool. it. I guess it's an ugly dog, but it's not an ugly animal. They're adorable. Yeah, it's an ugly dog because it's not a dog. I, I think in the grand scheme of things, it's pretty. Cute. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- that's the thing. I think when I get them, I'll just introduce them as like, "Hey, ch- hey, meet my dog, Jonathan." <laughs> People will be like, "What's up with your weird dog?" I don't think Jonathan's a dog. No, he is. He totally is. Right, Jonathan? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that's what I'm gonna do. Absolutely. Lilo and Stitch. Exactly, exactly. 
That's what it was. I knew there was a reference point in my head, but that's what it is. This is my dog, Jonathan. (laughs) This is my dog, Stitch. Hell. (laughs) This fucking speaks. Dude, you need to teach your capybaras to speak. I don't know if they can do that. I hope they can. So? (laughs) You make them learn. I guess. There's a video Uh, that Chelsea showed me of a dog saying ice cream when the ice cream truck came. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Like, it barked and it barked at like just the right pitch. It was like it sounded like he was like ice cream. Uh, was just like oh no. my god, no. he knows what he wants. That's so spooky. That's like the fucking uh, um, like the the chimera thing from Full Metal Alchemist. No, it's fucking not. <laughs> that was a dog girl. That was a bloodied mutant dog girl. This is just a husky that was a, like excited to see his ice cream truck man yeah but he can speak no thank you it was just two barks that sounded like words i don't know man you can't fuck around about nina shit was scarring it was awful yeah (laughs) scarring (laughs) okay anime because she got killed by scar she did. She got splattered all over that alleyway. Spoilers for this old, old anime. Yeah. Super old. That was like so, one of the best episodes, though. So Just because it's so good. fucked up. So, this the, the entire show is so Oh, excellent. Good. Excellent. If you hate on Fullman Alchemist, get the fuck out. Yeah. What a good show. Anyway. um, Speaking of good shows, let's talk about one that isn't good. <laughs> it's Six Feet Undergrad. <laughs> Um, Yay! We <laughs> suck. We're we're back, sort of. Um, Not finally. for long, cause we suck. <laughs> we're finally recording again. Um, and I know I, you've heard this promise from me a billion times, or probably, actually, more likely than not, you haven't heard it from me at all because you're just listening to this episode and you haven't listened to any of the others. Um, but uh, um, we'll we'll be back next week in our normal format. Hopefully, where we even uh, I don't believe you anymore. I, <laughs> I barely believe myself, but we'll we'll be back with a with a guest and a more uh, regulated topic, and you know, back to what what made this show special. Because <laughs> over the summer, it became very not special. That's okay though. You know, we're we're working on it. We're gonna get there. Um, I haven't started working on uh, the side project that I want to do yet, but. Hopefully that work will begin soon, and then we'll have uh, something else out there for you at least. Um, and we'll, we'll we'll see where this show goes when that becomes a thing. But that's yeah. that's a topic for another time. In development at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But actually, I do want to talk about a different show. That's also bad. Eric, let's talk about black tapes. No, I don't want to ignore. I can't be hitting shit anymore. This mic is too good. <laughs> it picks up way too much. Um, I don't want to, except for my tweet directly to you, which I guess was semi-public. I don't. When I publicly acknowledge that this last episode was bad, it becomes real. Well, and this means that one of my favorite podcasts is now bad. Well, it was eyes. bad. It was so bad. <laughs> oh. 
Um, so if you don't know, I'm still thinking about. I'm still like kind of bummed out about it. Normally, oh, I'm just too. like, eh, whatever. I have other things to listen to. Um, it's bad, dude. Oh, so bad. If you don't oh, know, which God. I don't know why you wouldn't, because if you're listening to this show, then I feel like you have to have at least a passive interest in podcasts. So you've probably heard of the Black Tapes. And you probably least, know Camden and I, so we've probably plugged it to you. That's very point. true. Um, the Black Tapes is a uh, sort of a like fictionalized mystery podcast with like a, a horror kind of focus. I don't know. It's I don't like know the a, best way to say that serial-esque yeah narrative driven docu-journalism thing but it's all about paranormal stuff and spooks yeah and it it the first two seasons were just so so good like the story was just very compelling and the writing wasn't like excellent but it was pretty good and honestly neither was the voice acting but it was believable yeah and, and the production was still actually very impressive like the amount of voice actors that they had Mm-hmm. And just how it was edited was all just very nice. But um, after a very long hiatus, uh, they released the first episode of season three uh, yesterday. And boy, was it rough. It uh, basically it it just feels like the whole show. Like I I mean it, the the thing about it is it's so obvious what happened. Like they they had this idea for a show and they wrote it out for two seasons and they were it was awesome and then they weren't sure how to finish it so there was a super long delay and then all of a sudden they're like yeah we're only gonna have one more season here's when it's coming out and it's still like six months away and it finally came out and it's garbo so far and i i think it's one of those things where like when a when a video game gets delayed a bunch you kind of start to worry that maybe there's just some problem with it that they just aren't able to solve. And I, I think that's what happened here is that they just kind of got bogged down in the podcast and then they weren't sure how to finish it. So the stuff that came out is just kind of trash. Yeah. And it's like kind of, yeah, similar to that video game, like the development hell analogy for video games. Yeah. Like when things like that are released, it's not because it was ready it's because they made a promise or have pushed it back already and they know that fans will just raise hell if they don't deliver yeah. something and this was not ready but yeah. honestly okay well it, it it didn't sound it didn't feel like it was ready but what i'm most afraid of was that it, it was and this is what they wanted to put out because um i think where they the story beats and kind of how they transitioned last season into the season i honestly didn't think were that bad like we camden and i are both on the same page that we were going to keep listening to it but for nothing else really other than the resolution of the story um because we still think it has potential to go somewhere because of what they've set up already in past seasons and i didn't think that season three did that terrible of a job with it it was everything else surrounding it Mm -hmm. um I I think that as a production company like the fake, the fake radio production company um, Pacific Northwest Stories, um, like I think their team spread themselves too thin, got bogged down by their other projects, and put all their eggs in Tannis and Rabbits, one of which 
started out good, not as good as the black tapes. It started out good, ended up being shit. And one of them was shit right from the get go. And this suffers from everything that those two shows suffer from. Yeah. Like it seems like they just totally adopted that style and was like, all of our shows are going to be this from now on, no matter what our two years of like a back catalog of episodes indicates. Yeah, let's, just, let's let's explain a little bit like what was wrong with it. Um, you can see yeah. we we both tweeted about it. Um, if you want like more details, but um, basically, my main problem with it was the first of all the writing of the dialogue was just not realistic at all. Like there there's a part in the episode where um the host Alex is talking to um her like producer nick and they have this conversation about the story and there's like absolutely zero hesitation when they're talking to each other it it feels like you can tell it was written by one person who knew the like lore of the podcast so well that it was just kind of like their thoughts on paper but that made it like extremely unrealistic for two people to be talking about this thing like they went back and forth so immediately and with such like assurance that it was like they were reading each other's mind and it was just very weird like it just is not how a real conversation goes and Um, i like to call it the the gilmore girls disease (laughs) except they weren't quippy and funny and quick with our sarcastic remarks it was just every single thing they said um yeah like let, let let's give them a little flavor of what these dialogues were like okay okay hey, hold on let me let's get hey. in character okay hey cam how's your day it was good how about you good you tired yeah i'm a little bit i i i just need a, a dog though That's a dog why, why well you messed up there because when uh when she says she needs a dog, he says, yeah. <laughs> and you messed up because you actually gave it some human hesitation, uh, uh, which never happens. It never Here. happens. Here, let me pull up my tweet and let's let's act out this this bit of dialogue about the where I say and later. But this is I mean, I guess you could just listen to the show yourself if you want. But uh, this is this is like a little sample of the dialogue. Okay. Am I A or am I N? I'll I'll be Nick. You okay. can be Alex. There were dozens of them in the back in the in that back room just waiting. That many? Well, it's gonna take forever if we're gonna be thorough about this. Anything that relates to and then he lists a bunch of proper nouns. Or this, or that, or any of the dozens of unrelated mysteries you're trying to connect? You think they're unrelated? I don't know what to think. Are you not sleeping? I just... I need a dog. That's what I need. Yeah? Okay, alright, let's dissect this a little bit. So, first of all, the his delivery on that many was just fucking so weird. Like, it sounded like he was not only disinterested in what she was saying... But he already knew it, and and it was somehow like feigning surprise. Like like he goes, she says there are dozens of black tapes in the back room, and he just says that many. And then first of all, she doesn't even answer his question. She just says, 
well, it's going to take forever if we're going to be thorough about this. Uh, what does that have to do with what he just said? And then he asks, well, okay, this, this line to me is the most confusing. He says, anything that relates to, and then he lists, a, like, a proper does, noun. Does, does he say the Mysterium? Yes. Or yeah. the... The cult, the cult of the Cenefis or whatever? Yes. Um, and then I don't know if he's saying, is that what you're investigating? Or if he's asking if they've found that. And then she responds with, or blank, or blank, or blank, or any of the dozens of other unrelated mysteries we're trying to connect. And I don't know if she's saying, like, we also don't, we also haven't found any of this stuff, or she's saying we're also looking for this stuff. It's very confusing. And then it's like there, it's like there are key words in their responses that she's omitting. It's like it's like half of their conversation is like telepathy, and half of it's actually spoken. <laughs> yes. And it's like in an audio, in anything, dialogue doesn't work that way, particularly in audio only yeah. narrative format. You can't do that. And if you're going to do it, the voice acting needs to be damn good. And it's not. It's, it's not. And even you can even go into post and add. Ga- you can like try to time it out so it feels like a natural conversation. And that wasn't done. The, nothing was. Like, do- nothing was done. It's <laughs> <laughs> driving me crazy. Like you listen to this, and and I, I said this in my tweet, and it's like you. It literally sounds like they're sitting next to each other in front of a mic reading a script like you can hear that it's just in the tone of their voice in the cadence in the weird immediate back and forth with no hesitation you like when when someone especially in an audio drama when someone is like when there's dialogue happening you should be able to picture where they are and how they're talking to each other and like it should be a believable conversation like it should sound like two actual human beings having a real conversation and this didn't sound like it especially like the point the point i pointed out in my tweet is like when someone's when you ask someone are you not sleeping first of all which came out of nowhere um and then that person says i need a dog that's what i need you you wouldn't just say a disinterested yeah you would be like what what why do you need a dog even if you knew that the answer was oh because i'm stressed and i I need something to help me de-stress you wouldn't just say yeah like it's so just weird and inhuman it reminds me of in the room like obviously not to this extent but tommy was so like that dialogue is written like he's never had a conversation with a human being before and this is what this sounds like it's so weird yeah and nothing and that kind of leads into another um another big gripe that cam and i had which is that um these characters not only in their conversations and their like um what's the word i'm looking for and like their cadence and the way they converse with each other but just their character like just normal human things like reacting reacting to something having any sort of human reaction to anything these people aren't surprised they're literally they're watching fucking home video footage of a cult doing shit in a fucking cave in like Romania or somewhere and they're like wow that's cool <laughs> i know but the weird thing about that was it, there there's a there's a part where they're watching like footage of that cult and then all the people drop dead and alex goes instead of 
like if you were watching the video you'd be like whoa what what the heck like but she gives this weird like the line itself is over dramatic and her delivery is so under dramatic that it's just this weird thing where she just goes what happened what happened to them and you're like who who reacts like that it's so weird yeah yeah i i i think it's they aren't they aren't writing for these characters anymore they aren't like they i think their dialogue is mainly to push forward the plot and it's not even doing that well but they used yeah. to at least write for some they used to at least write with characterization in mind and they aren't doing that anymore yeah and on top of that their actors aren't delivering that nothing nothing about the show feels organic um you're right about it's it, like everyone about is a plot feels vehicle natural at all like there used yeah. to be some comedy some quirkiness like tension i mean like especially like i don't know like like one of the things that honestly like i enjoyed most and this is going to sound really weird but like one of the things i that was most the most dynamic to me was like the, kind of like that pseudo weird is it there is it not like sexual tension between alex and strand because it was so it was so like subtle and it was so human and kind of like flirty and it just gave their characters a lot of, and not because of like the romance aspect and like, Oh, I ship them, you know, like it just, it gave their characters so much of that human flair and it's not there anymore. Nothing yeah. like that is there at all. And it's, 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 it's so, it's so one note. It's so flat. It's literally like that. That's the thing is that it's it, one note and it's the note that immediately makes you shit your pants. <laughs> the brown note. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, it it literally sounds like they're robots who are just there to regurgitate information that the writers have put into them because they just want the podcast to be over. There's an idea, though, that we write an entire radio drama and have it voiced by the different Siri voice options in our phone. <laughs> that needs to happen. That could be interesting. <laughs> and and I, I finished off my tweet with... Uh, there's, there's a part at the very end of the episode where Alex is in this phone booth and she gets a call from this really creepy dude and he's just talking about all this, this cryptic nonsense like, they're watching you, Alex. And she's just like, she's like, what? Who's watching me? And he's like, uh, it, it doesn't matter now. All that matters is that you're the blank. And then he like says this, this term. What, what does he say? Uh, you're the... Fuck, what is it? I want to say runner, but it's the wrong show. <laughs> you're the, uh, but that's that's what immediately what I thought when he said you're the thing. I was like, oh, there are fucking roles in this now. Like, like all the shows just fucking had a baby together, and it's fucking black tape season three. Basically, like, there are so many there are so many things that are so Tannis esque that weren't in the black tapes in seasons one and two. Yeah, and they came out of nowhere. It, it's just a bunch of proper nouns that it just gets lost. Like like. He says that weird term to her, and instead of instead of being like, what the fuck are you talking about? She's just like, uh, what do you mean? And she starts, like, guessing what he means by it. And it's it, it sounds like she's not afraid at all. Like, even, like, a, a human level of, like, curiosity, she doesn't even have that. She's just like, uh, so, what what do you mean? Like, uh, I guess it could be this. I guess it could be that. And, and like... Oh my god, it's just, it like, th- literally her delivery is like, who? Who's watching me? That's what she sounds like. 
and it's just fucking bad. It's so disappointing, Eric. It really is. It really is. Like, yeah, like, I we just keep referring back to our tweets, but, like, it, uh, I, I said something along the lines of it literally took 45 minutes to completely dismantle two years of work. Yeah. Um, it's really disappointing. Uh, I'm just trying to think if there's just anything. Oh, uh, the, uh, the musical notes thing. This is, this is something that Tannis did. Overproduced. Really annoyed me. They don't need me. that shit. It, like, for some reason, they can't let a conversation just happen, and they they do this thing where they punctuate, like, every little bit of dialogue with, like, a boom, and, like, a bit of silence, so that you can, like, let it soak in, like, it's this big dramatic reveal, but most of the time, it's so inundated with proper nouns that you have no idea what the fuck they're talking about, and even... Even if you do, it's usually not that dramatic. So when it gets punctuated with that, it just like accentuates how disinterested and flat the characters are. So it it, it just is silly. Like when someone says, "Who? Who's watching me?" and then it goes, "Boom!" and it makes it sound like it's supposed to be this dramatic thing. You're like, "That wasn't dramatic at all." She sounded like she's fucking bored. It mm-hmm. just makes it even worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just rough. It's very rough. I was trying to tell our friend Matt um, Suba today, and it was like, yeah, he, it was one of those situations where it was like he was trying to feel for me and he was trying to just let me vent. But I was, I was so, I'm still so bummed out about this that I'm trying to project my disappointment onto other people, <laughs> and nobody cares. Well, that's that's what we're doing right now. So I know, no, sorry, <laughs> sorry, cares. if you're listening to this. They probably no, show up. I don't know. Like, uh, it's also yeah. You're gonna get a good view of my armpit because I'm plugging my laptop in. No, I'm stress eating this apple. Um, you say you're stress eating this apple. Mm-hmm. The black tapes just got you fucked up. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. It's. I didn't see this coming at all. I really thought it was just going to be a complete return to form and that Tannis and Rabbits were just going to be like the duds. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I I don't know. I, I feel like this is there's just been a disappointing little bit of time for the the shows that I'm interested in. Like Game of Thrones had its moments, but it was mostly bad. And same with Black Tapes. Just all, all my, all the things that used to be so good are now so shitty. It makes me sad. Yeah. Mm. The Adventure Zone disappointment there because it reached new heights and then ended. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what my Hero that? Academia though, always good. Keeps getting better and better. <laughs> Keeps getting so much better. God, I just can't. I can't watch that show, Eric can't get into the flashbacks too many fucking flashbacks you can't i know those are the ones that really get you because there is like that long like there is like kind of just an entire like lore behind their worlds and there's like a lot of time for you to get to know the characters and they're all really cool character design and everything so i know that's those are the animes that attract you the most those are the ones that you are going to hate watching the most (laughs) that's why i try to recommend short series to you and you're just like 
but Kid Goku, he's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. I I mean, I stuck with Kid Goku for most of that series. I only had one season left. Yeah, you did. You did. So right now, you just need to stick to Psycho Pass and Psycho Boys. Yeah, so, dude, Psycho Boys. Psycho Boys. Hey. What a what a show. Crazy. Um, but yeah, I, I just can't I can't get into it, dude. Like, I, I was watching a, um, Ryan Higa put out a video a few weeks ago that I think was about My Hero Academia because he was saying that he got back into anime again, and he was noticing all the weird anime tropes. And one of one of his examples was that a lot of anime will do the thing where the episode begins with a last time on My Hero Academia, and then the episode will start. And the characters will recap the last episode again. <laughs> and that fucking happens all the time in My Hero Academia. I'm like, God, we have seen this flashback for the past four fucking episodes. Just move on. Oh my God, it's so frustrating. See, that's why you never get out of anime. You know, all that stuff sticks out. If you just stay in anime, <laughs> you just get used to it. I guess so. It just beats you down into submission and then you're just okay with it. <laughs> You learn to love it. I don't know. I don't know. I I love, like, that's why anime movies? Fuck yeah. Like, Ghost in the Shell, Akira, probably, uh, what, what's it called? Boy and the Beast? Still gotta see that. Heard that one was really good. Yeah. You still have to see your name as well. Yes, I do. Akimi no no. I don't know. Akimi no Nawa? Is that what it's called? I think so. Something, something in Japanese. Um, did I ever tell you my emotional roller coaster of a just? Did I ever tell you what happened after I watched that movie? Uh, I think briefly. What it happened? was? It was ridiculous. It was one of the most. It was like. Um, <laughs> it was. Have Have I ever told you how I reacted to the movie Her? Like Spike Jones is her. Yes, I think you just said you were very emotionally confused. I watched it, and it wasn't because it was sad. Um, I mean, it is pretty sad, but I watched it. But that movie just filled my head with so many really just, like, I don't know. Like, really, 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 really deep emotions. And just such a wide variety of them, too, that the only thing i felt like i could do was cry and it wasn't because i was sad i just had to let out the emotion somehow so i was just bawling in my basement at a robot human love at three in the morning (laughs) and the same thing kind of happened with your name it was really bizarre so like i was tearing up a little bit during the movie then i was fine then jen rachel and andrew when i went out went out to go get pizza and i bought the soundtrack off itunes and was listening it in my car listening to it in my car on the way home (laughs) And there is a song, and it's not even like one of like the orchestral or you know like really like emotional, slow, sad parts. It's like, it's like a straight up like rock song. Yeah. Um, and it just got to the chorus, and every it just like like the gut, just like the emotions that were coming through this dude's voice while singing, it just matched <laughs> with everything that had happened in the movie, and it was just like. Pfft, and then I just started, like, I was almost crying on my drive home. And I was like, I can't right now or else I'm going to die. I won't be able to see the road and I'm going to die. 
And it was just so bizarre because I was just like completely overcome with emotion listening to a fucking J-Rock song on my drive home. <laughs> I, I get never, that. I never felt like more of a weeb, but it was very emotionally <laughs> liberating. I get that, it though. Was, like, yeah, I, it was um, great. There wasn't quite the, the array of emotions, but after I finished, uh, like my whole family watched uh, Warrior, that movie with uh, Tom Hardy and... Mm-hmm. What's his face? The other guy. Um, Joel Edgerton. Yeah, and like that movie at the at the very end of the movie is extremely happy and also extremely sad at the same time. So literally, like it was just this very confusing bag of emotions that just got like thrown at you, and and I just we were all just like almost crying in the living room. It's so weird. We we're just like, what the fuck? I held myself together through that entire movie until the moment when he had him in the arm bar and he told him to fucking break his arm. And I was like, this is it. <laughs> the floodgates are like, open. He's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. He's like, and he, was, he, looked it. At, he looked at him in the fucking eye. When they were in the eye, he just looked at him and was like, do it. And I was just like, floodgates are open. It was just game over. And I was like, uh, oh, man. What a great they, movie. Oh, God, such a good movie. And, like, when he's when he has to, like, when his dad is drunk and, like, crying at the casino, oh, my God. But but really, what got me was just at the end when they're hugging and he's just like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And, like, the, all the reporters everywhere, but they're just like, fuck off, and they just, like, leave. I was like, ah. Yeah, when they, when they just, like, start, like, walking into the locker oh room together God. and they're just, like, yeah, pushing everybody away. What an excellent movie. It's so good. Everything about that movie, like, I don't know. It's just, it was, it was a very, like, well-orchestrated, you know? Like, every single little component was really well put together. Yes. Like, the cinematography style matched, like, obviously, like, it's supposed to, like, that's 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 a good movie. Everything's supposed to complement each other. But, like, even, like, like down to, like, not, not even the orchestral score, but, like, the soundtrack. Like, um, have you heard of the band The National? No. Um, I... Don't know if they did the entire soundtrack, but there were quite a few songs by The National in there, and it's just like their style, like that genre of music, and the guy's voice, and just, it's yeah. just everything about that movie came together so yeah. well. And then he broke his fucking arm, and Eric cried like a little baby. <laughs> it's so good. That's that's why I like Moonlight is good too. Is like literally just every single element of that movie adds to the feeling that you get when you watch it like the something that riley and i talked about is he saw manchester by the sea before moonlight and he was like really really into manchester by the sea and what's interesting about that movie is there's like no tight shots at all it's all like wide kind of establishing shots and it kind of highlights how like small and helpless the main character is um i won't spoil it because you haven't seen it right I have not, no. Okay, yeah. So that, that, like, highlighted that, but Moonlight did an even better job where it's, like, everything in that movie is super tight. So it really, like, puts you in Chiron's head for, like, the whole movie. Like, you you feel like you're a part of him and you feel kind of that same trapped feeling that he feels because it's so claustrophobic. And it just, like, it made everything in the movie more poignant just because it was filmed that way. And, like, the tension that you feel the whole time is amplified by that because it's so tight in. And also, like, it adds to, like, 
the sense that he is alone in this this world that hates him because you're so close in and you can just like see the world in the background but it's all tight in him and you're like he's so like there's so much pressure surrounding him you know yeah i have a lot of the same feelings about her as well um i need to see her you haven't seen it no oh my god oh i thought you had i was under the i was under the assumption that you had no oh man yeah yeah really i mean you know the general premise right basically yeah um their use of color just as like an aesthetic thing like i haven't really done any readings of studies or you know like analyses of like you know how the color might complement the themes and you know Mm -hmm. the overall storyline of the movie but like the a lot of the shots they were composed in a way of like joaquin phoenix is very like when uh during the relationship Joaquin Phoenix is never ever in the center of any shot. Like he's never framed dead center. I mean, mostly because that kind of makes a boring shot. But like he's always skewed off to the side. And it was I, I don't know. Like when, what the the after not the first time, but the other few times I've watched it after, I always thought that that was Spike Jones leaving room for Sam. Mm. You know, and yeah. um, I thought you had watched it, so I can't finish my thought. Uh, <laughs> You, that's the next movie we're watching together. Okay. Well, okay. then we have I'm, to watch Moonlight because Moonlight is the best movie I've ever seen. Um, I'm going to check Amazon Prime Video right now to see if they have her because I know they have Moonlight. So if we don't have to purchase these movies, we won't. But if we have to, we will. Okay. Um, yeah, if you're listening and you have not seen Moonlight, it's the greatest fucking movie I've ever seen. I don't know enough to, about movies to say it's the best ever made, but it's fucking excellent. It's just amazing. Um, they don't have her on Amazon Prime Video. Fuck. Um, they do have Moonlight, though. I know that for a fact. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, looks like I'm buying her new Blu-ray. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, anyway, fucking 45 minutes into the recording, this is Six Feet Undergrad again. I think I already kind of... I, I didn't do the official intro, but... Let's do it. This this is Six Feet Undergrad. We're a show about college and movies and what else do we talk about? Podcasts and everything but college. Yeah. (laughs) Recently, that's been the trend, (laughs) hasn't it? Um, But yeah, this this week, uh, I guess we're talking about going back to school because we're back. We're back at it again. With yeah, we the, are. Uh, the boys. Fans. The boys are back in town. Boys back in town. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just as a little aside, can we use can we use pretty much everything we just talked about as like a bonus episode, maybe? Because I had a lot of people that were still kind of digging the summer episodes, even though they were very, like, off-topic, like, off-theme. Like, I mean, you can we, just be part of this episode. We'll I'm, I mean, if you're fine with the intro being 30 minutes into the episode, <laughs> I'm fine with that. I just thought that maybe it would be like, you, you did an intro before as well, so. Yeah. We'll, we'll um, see, we'll see. Okay. Um I don't know. What do we talk about as far as going back to school, though? 
going back to school. I don't know. We've we've interviewed so many people that have graduated or are going on to further education, whether that be a new undergrad or grad program or are close to graduating, already graduated, whatever. Now I have finally reached my last year of college and I don't know how to feel about it. I'm confused. I'm emotionally confused. How so? Um, what, are you, what are you feeling? I don't know. Like I just the whole, pretty much my entire college career, even high school, I've never been a scholar. Um, I've never been a very academically inclined person. Mm-hmm. I've always just wanted to learn a skill or some sort of knowledge set and go out and practice it and start making money and earning, you know, just earning a place in some corporation or some company, some initiative where I can start moving up and I can start networking and gaining that, you know, firsthand work experience. And now everything has changed. Like for the first time in, this is my fifth year of college. I've had four previous years of college and four years of high school. For the first time in eight years, I want to stay in school. Um, and it's just really, really, it's it's a really bizarre feeling because I've I, I I haven't felt it in a really long time. Is it just because it's your last year, or? Um, I I think I think it probably is. I. I think it is because it's sort of the you don't really know what you have till it's gone, taking it for granted, this sucks, I'd rather be doing something else. And I finally got a taste of what that something else is going to be this mm-hmm. summer. And yeah. it was hard fucking work, dude. It was like it was rewarding and I enjoyed it, but it was so tough. And just like I took for granted having a fucking Monday to Friday schedule. Not a, not even necessarily nine to five because yeah. that's how college schedules are. You have classes whenever, but like just having a blocked off scheduled regimented Saturday, Sunday weekend, I did not know how valuable that was to me when I was getting a schedule, a different schedule with different days off and different shifts every yeah. single week and had maybe two or three days to plan ahead before I got my schedule for that next week. It was just like, I don't know. Um, it is just a lot of little things that I'm going to really, really miss a lot. And it's just kind of, ha- it, it has me thinking that like, you know, I might not be ready to go yet, which yeah. is, like I said, it's just, it's just bizarre. Cause I've had, haven't had that feeling in a long time. Mm-hmm. Now I'm already getting sad, Eric. Yeah. I really, leave? I really don't want to think about it. Do our, our Asian American association spring banquet at the end of the year is oh, going to destroy me. Um, it's going to be I, so just rough. I don't want to talk oh. about it. I don't want to talk about it. That's going to be so, Oh my God. Oh, I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah, dude. It, well, when you're actually in the workforce, will your schedule be a little bit more regular, at least since you won't be working like all the different jobs? Um, yeah, I'll at least have similar 
schedules like similar in format whereas you like like you know when i was at front desk i'd have a normal long time chunk at work and if i was in the kitchen i'd be pulling those doubles you know where i'd be like back-to-back shifts with a gap in between when i go into work my my shifts are going to be a lot more uniform but i still don't think they'll be regular um like regularly timed out um the only way I'll really get that is if I go into corporate. Uh yeah. I mean, mm. at least I don't know. At least they're more like Like even if you're not working the same days, at least if you're not working like those sporadic shifts, it'll be a little bit easier to handle, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I I get you. Yeah. And then there's, of course, always just that looming guilt trip of like, um, as like a big kid career, I do enjoy this work, but deep down, it's not what I want to do. I want to do things like this, whether it's some form of radio, podcast, videography, like I want to do something that has to do with media and entertainment. Um, but I'm, 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 I haven't put in the sweat the the sweat equity. I have. I'm not a journalism major. I don't have the hard technical technical skills yet. And with like my academic and extracurricular schedules, like the past couple of years, I haven't really had the time to teach my sit down and teach myself to be proficient in those things. And it's just it's scary that I want to end up going into those kinds of fields without really kicking myself into gear to to have yeah. some any sort of like worthy portfolio yet so like in the you know when we finally get to like when we're old if i have a career in the hotel industry i honestly don't think like i would regret it but there would always be that one thing that i wanted to do more you know yeah and it's just that 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 sucks but yeah, also, I mean, we're very young, and we have a lot of time to keep working on projects like this. And yeah, and the good thing about podcasting, especially, is it's very easy to do on the side. This so. is really true. So there's there's still that opportunity, you know. Yeah. Yeah. How are you feeling? You're you've reached the latter fifty percent of your college career. I'm just fucking tired, dude. Like, I can't believe it's only been two weeks of school i mean granted i've been here for like a month because of ra stuff but right it just it's already so overwhelming that i haven't even done like a bunch of the readings for my classes and there's all this journalism shit to do and it's just it's rough and especially because like I still don't know exactly what I want to do after I finish school, so it's kind of hard to, like, constantly keep myself motivated when I don't know exactly what I'm aiming for, you know? Um, so, like, I, I'm in the, the Convergence producing class right now, and for that I'm working for the, the local magazine, Vox Magazine, and um, it's just, like the stories that we tell aren't the kind of things I'm interested in. So it's hard to like convince myself that it's still worthwhile and still like a good way to stretch my brain 
without just being like, oh, this sucks, I'm so overwhelmed, and I have to do this thing too that I don't really like doing. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. Especially oh, with something like that that demands so much of your time. Yeah. Finding the motivation somewhere is so key. Yeah. Exactly. And just like the amount of... Like right now, I'm sitting here talking to you. And I know that immediately as after we finish this, I have to go to the J school to help project manage until whenever my student finishes their script. Then after that, tomorrow I have class from 9.30 to 1.45. And after that, I have to do the same... Or, Well, actually, before and after that, because I have to come to the J school at 7.30 a.m. tomorrow to project manage. So before class and after class until 6.45, I have to be project managing actively to make sure that nothing goes wrong and that she gets her assignment in on time. And immediately after that, I have to help again with another script for a different student and then do the same thing like from 7.30 a.m. to 6.45 the next day with classes. And then after that, I get Friday night from 6.45 to 11 off. And then I have to wake up early to go film something at uh, a restaurant downtown at 8 a.m. And then I'm on call Saturday night. And I have to edit that thing that I film in that time as well as doing readings for other assignments. And it's just like this, like just sitting here knowing that that's all the shit I have to do and it's literally going to be nonstop from the time that we finish this podcast until like probably noon on Saturday is just, oof, it's rough. I could not even imagine. Like there have been very few times in my college career where I have been that back to back to back. And it seems like it's literally a weekly occurrence for you. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. And, like, just knowing, especially knowing that I have uh, all the other stuff on top of it, like, I have to repitch a different story and start figuring out how I'm going to work on that. I have to plan for the fig that I teach. I have to go to staff meetings and stuff and do all the reading that I haven't started. It's just like, oh, my God. It's just all exhausting. Yeah. But I mean, you know, and 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 what what's making it more frustrating for me this year, I think, is that last year I was in convergence reporting, which is like the hardest class in the J school, so I knew that it was supposed to be hard and it was. So I like was able to keep myself motivated and feel like I was doing good and like push through it but right now I'm in classes that are they're not supposed to be easy but they're not supposed to be this hard so I think it's just the workload and feeling like I'm not good at the magazine kind of stuff like I don't know how to pitch stories that are kind of the stories they're looking for it just makes me feel like I'm doing a bad job even though it's not supposed to be hard and that makes it even worse. Right. So I mean that's the that is one of the beautiful things about college though, or if this was your job, 
if this was a news writing journalism job that was even just a means to an end for you like you would have to crank out good quality content or your livelihood is on the line here you have to do well enough to get a c like you know even though you i just like it's just kind of there for everyone who goes to our journalism school because it's so highly regarded and you know you get such a good education and it's if you go to Mizzou's journalism school, like it's what you want to do. So you're going to give it your all all the time. But in case you literally cannot give it your all, if there are too many other things, if you're sick, if you can't give it your all, like, I don't know. This this is this is definitely from like like an outside perspective. So I completely understand if a lot of J school students are like, yeah, that's just not how it works. But like you can't get fired from school. If you slip up on one thing, it drops your grade, but you can't get fired from... Well, actually, you can. It's called being expelled. But, <laughs> like, you know what I'm trying to get at? I do, but I think, like, the problem is, first of all, in the J school, like, you're right, like, it wouldn't be a big deal if I got a C, but you kind of have to get good grades, not because you need good grades, but because... If you get good grades, it means you have you're a better reporter. And literally, like all these classes are trying to do is get you examples of reporting. So, like, if I produce a shitty video, like, sure, I, it doesn't really matter that much for my grade, but that's one more thing that I've spent time on that I can't put on my resume or my portfolio website and be like, hey, look how good I am. So that's an, that's an opportunity where you could have developed your skills or learned something new and yes. you settled for mediocre. Exactly. So you have yeah. to put in your full effort. Like, I mean, I, I want to put in my full effort, but also yeah. you don't really have a choice because if you don't, then you're going to have nothing to show for it. You know? Yeah. It's just a series of wasted opportunities. Yeah. 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 Maybe I spoke out of turn. I definitely understand that. Cause it's like, if, <sighs> if you like, if you're going for like a job where you basically just need the degree and you need to interview well. Like, that would be one thing. <laughs> so, because then, like, your grades don't matter as much. It's just as long as you get the degree and you can impress them with your, like, social skills and, you know, your resume looks impressive, then that's that's one thing. But in journalism, like, it doesn't matter if your resume is good. It doesn't matter if you are sociable, if they look at your portfolio and everything is shit. So, like, this is the opportunity that you have to produce stuff that's going to impress people. So you just, like, it's just what you do, you know? Yeah. Plus, yeah, if I just... you're shitty, if you're shitty, then your teachers won't, like, vouch for you. And that's yeah. also very valuable. Yeah. I think, I don't know, it's just, it's so bizarre. Because even on some base human level... I feel like I'm a very good empathizer and I I just cannot I can't picture or imagine what journalism school students go through. It's really weird for me. Why? I don't know because I feel like I could at least try to like help out or show them a silver lining, but I really just cannot comprehend <laughs> their experience at all. So it either sounds patronizing or it sounds like I don't know what they're going through and I'm just trying to coddle them and it makes them feel worse. I mean, it, it's not like it's not like we're going through anything, you know, like it, 
it's fun it's a ton of fun <laughs> but it just blows like it's extremely stressful and i mean you get what you put you get out of it what you put in so like yeah i don't know but it, it is it is weird to me sometimes that like i just think about things that i learn in school and it, it's weird to me that they're that other people don't learn these things like I think I, I've said like before, like, I I think it's weird that a lot of people's lives aren't constantly inundated with like talking about journalism and like why journalism matters and all that kind of stuff, because it's, it's really important. Like the real stuff is. So it's weird to me that a lot of people don't think about it. Like for me at this point, it's just a part of my life and something that I'm just hyper aware of. And that's just kind of like how it is, you know, like it's almost to me like good journalism like people always say like a democracy wouldn't function without journalism and it's it's true like you have to have some way to get information out to the people so without it it just like america wouldn't be america without journalism so it's it's weird to me that people don't think about it that much when it's like every day for me you know yeah I don't know. It's a it's a pretty singular experience, though. Even if you guys aren't like going through anything, which I'd voucher to say you all are. <laughs> it's it's it sounds like like I like I, I don't know. It seems like it, it's something that you all kind of like thrive off of, and it's because like like I was saying before, like if you are a student of that school, it is what you genuinely want to do. So even if it puts you near your deathbed, you love what you're doing, and I understand that but it still sounds shitty. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it, it's really, really a unique experience, I'd assume. It's, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it is interesting just because it's like, it's not even like class, it's just like what you do. Like, mm-hmm. like I just listed off my schedule and that's just like what I have to do. It's, it, it doesn't even feel like, you know ugh, I have this stupid class that I have to go to and do a bunch of reading for and blah, 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 and, and I have to sit in class and it's not interesting. It's just like, I don't even think about it that way. It's just like, it's what I have to do. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, granted, it really isn't, a lot of it is not even like class because it's not like a lecture where you're learning stuff. It's just like, you're doing it. So. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but, I mean, do you think... And I know th- things things are going to pick up like as the semester goes on too, aren't they? Or um, may- maybe not. The existing things might not pick up, but you're going to have more things added onto your plate, right? To an extent, some things will get better and some things will get worse. Like the reason that it sucks right now is because I have Vox at the same time that I have intermediate writing because I'm coming up with stories and working on stories for Vox Magazine for both of those classes at the same time. So that's, like, video projects every week, plus these, like, longer-form stories, like, written stories that I'm working on, plus eventually some shorter written stories, like, every few weeks at the same time. And then also, uh, these first two weeks... Well, this week and next week, um, 
are like it's like the the camp convergence which is like sort of the like introductory stories for the convergence reporting kids Mm -hmm. so it's back-to-back weeks of thursday friday project managing and it won't be like that because then after this i'll only have one one story to project manage so that's just gonna be like a two-week period of um working with that team and just making sure they're doing well and it won't be back-to-back deadline days which is also shitty so yeah and once uh Around like mid October, I'll shift from Vox to Newsy for convergence producing, which has much more regular hours, and you're basically just working on stuff while you're there. So it won't be like I have these stories kind of floating over my head. It'll just be like go in there, do the work, and leave, which yeah. would be a lot nicer. So <sighs> it's going to be quite the year. It certainly will. I think that kind of, uh, I think that kind of ties in well to what we're doing here and what we want to do in the future, and just the fact that if you can let two very not punctual, very unorganized with their podcast fellas just preach to you a little bit, like there's never ever gonna be like just the older we get yeah we're gonna have more freedoms and like money and not having parents tell us what to do and shit but like we're just gonna keep getting busier and busier and there's there's never a good time to do anything there really is never like hey this is a great time to sit down and record a podcast podcast episode like there's always something else you could be doing um, so if you really are passionate about something and you love something and want to start doing it for yourself, just do it. And if no one is listening to this episode and no one hears what I just said, and, I mean, even if it's just for like you, Cam, or if it's for us to keep ourselves accountable, like that's just something that everyone should know and remember is that there's never a good time to do something. So if you want to do it, just fucking do it. Yeah, it's true. That's why I'm trying to. I'm just trying to find a hole in my schedule for this this yeah, other I, side project. I know, I know, man. I know. And like, I don't. I, uh, so far this like, so far this project has been such a joint thing together, from like its inception and planning and formatting to like now like. I do a lot of the pre stuff where I like talk to people, th- you know, match up, you know, like get guests and match up like recording times and schedule us out. And we both do the discussion questions. We both record an interview. You do all the post stuff and handle all of our logistics with IT. Like it's been such a hand in hand process that with this new project coming up, I want to just be like, <laughs> if you need any help, let me know. Yeah. But I want this to be your vision, and also I don't want any spoilers for this shit. So <laughs> exactly. I can't, I can't help you in it. It, 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 like it pains me because like I, I want this to come into fruition, and I want to help you, and I want to like help like build this together. But at the same time, like I know what role I'm gonna play in the project, and it's just like I gotta let him do his own thing. But no, I, I just, I mean, I don't want to see you just like drown in all your shit. I mean, I'm feeling the same thing, but the opposite like in the opposite direction like i i want to just be able to like oh like i just need to get this done i just need to sit down and work with someone on it so they can keep me accountable and we can get it done and get it started but 
I can't do that because then you'll it'll it'll just not be fun for you, you know. So yeah, but we'll all the, all all of that being said, I am beyond excited. Yeah, um, well, it might it, it may be a long time coming, but it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be really fun. Indeed. Okay, well, I don't really know if we talked that much about going back to school, but uh, yeah, we talked about us going back to school. <laughs> we did. Not not no going way. back to school in a general sense, but we talked about <laughs> us going back to school. Maybe we can get a, a freshman on here and talk about, you know. That would be sweet. You know a lot of them. Getting started at college. I do. I do. I don't like a lot of them, but I know a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if we can get uh, get some fresh faces or fresh voices on here. Uh, um, we still have a lot. We had we had quite a list of people from last year that we just never yeah. brought on. So we'll have a much wider selection to pick from now than summer. We just need to start uh, locking those things down and getting to it. Yeah. So yeah, this is uh, this has been Six Feet Undergrad. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Six Feet Undergrad. You can follow me on Twitter at CCJ nineteen ninety seven. You can follow me on Twitter at Crash at My Pad. Um, uh, and, oh, what were you going to say something? I don't know what I was going to say. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on <laughs> iTunes and SoundCloud and Facebook and Twitter, even though our Twitter is dead. And, yeah, literally uh, haven't just, done anything it's, on it. It's, it's, it's so fucking dead. <laughs> 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 um, but you can find us there if you want to. I feel like it honestly might be more useful to tweet about us than do Facebook posts, you know? Mm-hmm. Because most people use Twitter nowadays, I feel like. Yeah. Maybe we should switch over to Twitter. Maybe. Because that's, that's where we're active, too, on social media, so it makes yeah. more sense. Yeah. We have, we'll see. We'll see. We, we, we have some reformatting to do, some rethinking, yeah. reimagining. But um, anyway, that'll all come in due time. Uh-huh. Our opening and closing theme is, as always, by the awesome Mi Amigo. It's M I Y A M I G O. He just uh, he he put out a new beat tape. Dude, like it's a week ago. Since I've been back to Como, I've been on a like living living with Leo and Wonder. Like I've been on an absolute just crazy SoundCloud kick, and it's almost oh like I've rede- it's almost like I've rediscovered Mi Amigo's music. There's okay. I'm 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 gonna drop this shit by name. Um, it was uh, I had the, the, a, the song that we use for our outro intro is called Ruby. Yes, it is. I'm sorry. Um, it it is most definitely called Ruby. Um, <laughs> I had like a transformative experience listening to this beat tape all the way through, and I'm gonna try to find it really quick. The, the new one? No. Um. I'm yeah. Actually, it would probably it, be way easier if I just is it a embed. That, uh, is that the one with like the weird Illuminati looking? The hand on the front. Yeah, and like the triangle. This one. Yes. Dude, this is excellent. It's yeah. so good. Yeah, if you're on SoundCloud looking for whatever music we talk about, be looking out for Mi Amigo. It's called Embid Beat Tape. E M B I I D. And this is it's loud, is what it is. This is the cover art. 
They can't see. This is a podcast. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm such a fucking dumbass. I just showed Cam. The, I just showed my webcam what it was. Oh God. We'll tweet it. We'll tweet the picture. Oh. Oh goodness. Uh, that was one of my is, weaker this... points. That was Can one you... of the dumbest things that's ever happened to me. Uh. Yeah. Well. It's an excellent, excellent song, if you, if you can call it that. It's a beat tape. It's a collection of songs. But, dude, like, oh, that Paper that was one. Paper Theater is also really good, though. Huh? Paper Theater is also. Really yeah, the good. new one. Oh, there's yeah. there's like a a song kind of like a fourth of the way in, through in that one that's just fucking dope. Mm. Man, he's so good. Like mm. I, that that beat tape was, like my main nap fuel last semester when i was just exhausted from 40 to 4 and like i would go to my 8 a.m class and then have a two-hour break and i would just go down to the journalism library and sit on that fucking awesome beanbag thing and just blast music in my ears that that was one of the main ones that i played because it's just so oh it's magical yeah it really is but yeah um go listen to me amigo stuff He's cool. This has been Six Feet Undergrad. It's time to roll up them sleeves and kick back, y'all. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you.